From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. There's a lot to be concerned about. I'll tell you the one number that I'm looking at, Ryan, and that is the the average weeks that you're unemployed. Um, you know, that that was in the 17s or so before this. Um, you know, and, and the reality is it was about 40 weeks after the Great Recession. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, what we're hoping for is that that's going to end up staying uh, low uh, because that means that people got unemployed quickly. Uh, that's the bad news, but the good news, hopefully they get their jobs back. That'll be a big number to watch. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Ryan Dietrich here. We have Bert White and Jeff Bookbinder on the line. I guess maybe let's start with Jeff. Jeff, I heard there was some snow up in Boston. Do you survive that? Well, I, I survived, Ryan. Thankfully, uh, it didn't stick because I had already put the shovel away for the winter. Well, good. How about the roof that's, rate? Uh, that's important. This rate, is, uh, Jeff, do, do you guys have a roof rake? <laughs> we, we do have a roof rake. We, we didn't need that either, uh, thankfully. Uh, it was really light flurries. I mean, I guess because it's so far into May, uh, it was a little alarming to some people. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it came and went real fast. Yes. So uh, don't, don't worry about us. We're, we're doing just fine. We're, we're a hardy group here in Boston. We're used to it. Now, Bert, today, as we record this, is May 11th. And I always, when I talk to our advisors in the morning, I always kind of like to do a playful, hey, today is. Bert, do you know what today is for the, I wouldn't call it a national holiday, but do you have any clue what today is? It's okay if you don't. Uh, no, I have no idea. I'm scared as heck to find out, though. There you go. I, now, this is a good one. And you, you kind of talked about this before, and I am totally in this camp. Today is May 11th. It is National Eat Anything You Want Day. For uh, all of us stuck in our houses a lot of times, how are you going to celebrate that one today? <laughs> well, that is, that is every day for me. Uh, the entire annual calendar is Eat Anything That I Want Day, uh, Ryan. So uh, this will be... Uh, not like any other day. Uh, this will be just like every other day. Um, and I will eat a menagerie of really bad stuff. Um, it's really what I do. That is my cuisine. Now, I'm not too far behind you, I think, given uh, the situation that's going on. But it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a fun day for those of people who want to partake in that. So, guys, let's, let's get to it. You know, last week, stocks finally bounced after being down two straight weeks. But there's three things really want to talk about, or at least focus on in this week's LPL Market Signals podcast. Take a look at that really poor jobs number that we had. Then Jeff's going to do a review of earnings season. We also, you know, the idea Jeremy Siegel brought up on CNBC on Friday that you should just ignore the economic data and only focus on COVID-19 data. Crazy as it sounds, there might be a, maybe something there to it. And then lastly, just the idea that we've had a 30% rally. There's some things that are adding up that suggest maybe it's finally time for a potential market pullback here. Now, Bert, maybe I'll start with you, but the other thing I wanna point out here, last week, Jack Bogle would have turned 91. Obviously, Jack Bogle's a titan in our industry. Um, you know, I love the quote that he said, and then I went, kind of went, your thoughts on it, uh, Bert. He said, you know, Jack said he spends half his time wondering why he has so much in stocks, and the other half his time wondering why he has so little. Does that not sum up 2020 in a nutshell? No doubt about it. Um, you know, look, Bogle's an icon, and I think that sums it up perfectly. Uh, I tell you what, um, I think, I think, you know, so many things of the of of his quotes, though, Ryan, uh, just stick out to me. I, I remember one, and I'll, I'll probably 
Richard said something like time is your friend and uh, impulse is your enemy or something like that. And, and I got to tell you, um, there's been nobody that has probably preached better hygiene, investment hygiene um, than Bogle. I, I mean, things like diversification, managing your emotions and patience, controlling risk, long-term plan, all that kind of stuff. It really is pretty amazing. Uh, he, he has preached probably uh, the best investment hygiene of, of, of any investor that, that has ever walked this earth. Uh, I, I would have second that. I'm a big fan. And, you know, we obviously miss him significantly. But the good, good thing about it is his timeless advice is obviously still there. So, Bert, the jobs number came in on Friday, 20 million. Well, let's get precise. 20.5 million people lost their jobs in April, just shattering the previous record of about 2 million that we saw back in World War II. I mean, you know, you look under the surface, I think our base case here at LPL Research is the unemployment number. Uh, which is under 15%, it's probably going to continue to go higher the next couple months. And some research shops are thinking the real unemployment is closer to 20%. You've had a weekend to think about it, Bert. You, what are the major takeaways from that jobs number? Or what should we um, kind of look out for the future? Yeah, well, it was awful, Ryan. And, and, you know, it was this month was 25 times worse than the very worst month in the Great Recession. Um, I mean, it was just awful. Um, the, the reality is this, uh, Ryan. There was a, it was some footnotes, and it's always, it's always important to read the footnotes. And some of the footnotes talked about uh, some of the folks that just weren't showing up to work, or people I hadn't heard from. Um, and if you added those back in, you were closer to twenty percent. Um, so, so I think the reality is, once everything is accounted for, Ryan, I, I do think that the unemployment rate is closer to twenty percent. Um, you know, there was a couple of staggering things in the report for me, and um, one of them, uh, if you look at the employment to population ratio, um, and you want to talk about plummeting to generational lows. What's amazing is if you look at the number of working aged adults that actually have a job right now, it is at 51%. And just think about that for just a second. Of working aged adults, um, only half of Americans uh, are employed right now. Um, now, now that, that's not all unemployment. That's, you know, folks are in school and folks who don't want a job and people that do retired early or whatever the case may be. But the reality is that is a staggering number. And just 40%, if you include the entire population, folks that are too young to work or, or maybe have already retired, um, only 40%. So only four out of 10 Americans actually have a job right now. So it's just a staggering generational low, this uh, sort of employment to population ratio, um, Ryan. And the one big thing that I would just throw out there um, is we've talked a lot about the difference between temporary layoffs and permanent job loss. Um, and and the, what the report showed was even though it was 20 million, uh, 18 of the 20 million um, were identified it as temporary layoffs, which I think bodes pretty well um, if, uh, you know, if those are true uh, for a rebound in labor once this recovery begins. Uh, exactly. I have some great points there. I mean, the reality is a lot of the workers did say that they were furloughed and they expected to get their jobs back soon. But obviously, that's the ultimate question that we have. Jeff, we're going to bring you into the conversation here. You dove in. Anything that stood out to you when you took a look and you peeled that onion back? Yeah, Ryan, the, the one thing I point out, the income number in that report um, is very misleading. We wish it wasn't, but uh, the um, average hourly earnings calculation showed incomes up 
almost 5% year over year, which normally would be too much inflation and, and would worry the Fed. But that was just a mixed shift. So what that means is the uh, job losses were concentrated among lower incomes, and that artificially lifted uh, the overall earnings number. So just completely ignore that. Unfortunately, you know, incomes are headed lower, uh, not higher. But for me, beyond that, the big takeaway is that the the push for more stimulus is is going to get stronger here. The you know, folks in Congress have already been talking about it, but um, the Trump administration has said that they don't want to do anything formal until the end of May. Um, but the pressure on states is building, pressure on individuals who have lost their jobs is building, and so we'll probably get uh, another stimulus package here before too long, and it's you know going to add to a massive amount that's already in place. Uh, good points there. I mean, you know, we've, Jeff, you've taken a look, and we've written about it and talked about it, just the percent of GDP, if you add it up from the fiscal and the monetary side of things, it's up well over 20% right now, which is actually significantly higher than what we saw during the great financial crisis uh, just about 10, 12 years ago. So there's a lot of stimulus in play there. Now, Jeff, the other thing, I guess, so jobs have obviously historically been weak. But we are in earnings season, and earnings season is winding down, kind of rounding third, heading for home. What are, what are your major takeaways from earnings season right now as we kind of wrap it up? Well, I think you actually have to be pretty impressed with what companies were able to do in the first quarter. Now, we know earnings are down about 13% year over year, which is, of course, terrible. Uh, we haven't seen a number like that since the, the Great Recession. Uh, but We've actually been able to generate a couple points of upside. Um, normally, you get three to four percentage points of upside versus expectations. So that's pretty impressive considering what happened in, in mid-March when essentially the economy shut down. Um, so that suggests maybe the companies are going to be a little more resilient here uh, in managing their costs and, and can potentially limit uh, the damage. But that doesn't take away from the fact that we're going to get a, a massive contraction in earnings in, in Q2. The consensus expectations are down 40%. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to put a positive spin on that, Ryan, but I think that if there is a silver lining, it's that we might be most of the way done with the downward revision. Maybe companies can deliver that and uh, start to see um, earnings recover in, in Q3. We still may be, uh, you know, looking at a Q1 2021 timetable for the for the return of earnings growth, but we should see steady improvement over the second half of the year. Good points there. So, Bert, last week on Friday, Jeremy Siegel was on CNBC, and he made a comment in the morning that he said, you know, all this economic data we're seeing, it's backward looking. And that is true. But he said, you know, the only thing we should be focusing on is the COVID-19 data. And just last week, we had over 300,000 tests, three consecutive days here in the U.S. And if you look at the percent of positive tests that have come in from all the testing, it is consistently trending lower, under 8% recently. I mean, what do you think about what Mr. Siegel had to say? Should we just ignore the economic data and focus on COVID? Or what, Um, you know, it's probably somewhere in the middle, but what do you think about that? Well, you know, it, it certainly, uh, Ryan, 
it is hard to sort of look and understand uh, and get something from um, the level of magnitude that this economic data uh, is showcasing. I mean, it is so extreme. Um, you can't even compare it. Uh, for those of you that didn't see the Saturday edition of the New York Times, um, you should go take a look at it. Um, you know, it, it's, it, you can't even fit the uh, employment and job numbers on on the on the paper. It's just insane. And so, the, the reality is that it's it's really hard to drive those. I will say, you know, in, in kind of listening to some of the things that Jeremy uh, Siegel said, uh, number one is, you know, the biggest risk perhaps is uh, the second wave. Um, and if there is a second wave, um, the market isn't pricing that in. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, and to be um, concerned about that. Um, he seemed relatively bullish, you know. Now, granted, he's always been relatively bullish, but he seemed Absolutely. relatively bullish. The one thing I would take from it, Ryan, is, you know, I went back and looked at it. And, and, and when, we, when we talk about a V-shaped recovery, we're usually talking about a V-shaped recovery of the market. Um, and, but I just went, went back and looked at, at, at GDP. Um, and I will tell you, you know, GDP coming out of every single recession has been V-shaped. Every single one. There's not a single one that you could find, at least the way I'm looking at it, doesn't look like a V-shape to me. The only one that looks remotely close to a U is coming out of 2000. Um, but, but the reality is, you know, Jeremy, you know, might be, at least his, his premise um, might be right in the fact that, you know, the biggest risk here is really the, the, the virus and, and a second wave of it. And, you know, if you focus on, don't focus on the, on the, on the economic stuff now because it's going to be a uh, elongated economic flash crash, according to, to, to Siegel, perhaps. And maybe that's right. Maybe that's right. And maybe what we really need to do is to just focus on whether or not that second wave is going to come or not. Uh, good point, Sarah. You, know, you kind of mentioned the Saturday New York Times cover. Um, you know, the, if you look at Time magazine, it's their recent covers called The Great Reckoning with black and red showing the pandemic and the Great Depression and the jobs lost. If you look at the recent Barron's cover over the weekend, it's black and red with the number 20.5 million right there in the middle. If you look at um, the recent Economist, it says the dangerous gap, the difference between markets and the real economy. There are, you know, this is what people are feeling. This is the reality of the fact when you see black and red, I mean, I still remember, Bert, do you remember, I forget the magazine, but it was a black and red cover that came out in October of 2008 with like zombies and blood coming out of their eyes. It was a financial magazine. It was the most unbelievably bearish thing I'd ever seen. And sure enough, that was close to lows of a major market. I mean, you know, from a sentiment point of view, some of these magazines, and like you said, the New York Times cover, boy, a lot of this bad stuff's priced in. Do you think so? You know, I, I, I think so. I, I mean, I, I, it makes sense to me um, that, that, you know, that, that the market is, look, we're, we're what, 20% or so from, right. you know, back, back to all-time highs. It makes sense to me that that's where we are. Um, I think given the fact that there is a lot of confidence in the fact that you will start to see some of these shutdowns turn to reopens, um, and that much of the much of the uh, stuff is priced in. I mean, you know, take the other side of this, Ryan. Um, you, you know, and maybe Jeff can can weigh in on this too. You know, he talked about how earnings are down dramatically, um, but it's really down dramatically in three sectors, right? It's down in retail and in financials and in energy. And if you take it out of that, 
you know, the rest of earnings is, you know, it's down, but, but it ain't down like those are. And those are certainly dragging it down a lot more. Um, and so the reality is that, that maybe this, a lot of this bad news is priced into this market. Um, and that, you know, and, and that, that maybe, just maybe, you know, if we do deliver the base case scenario, which is, you know, sort of beginning to think, to see things get better in the second half, that, um, that we won't see a lot of uh, really major downside from here. Um, we'll see though. Yeah, Jeff. So you mentioned to, uh, recently, if you took out financials, earnings were fairly strong. I mean, you want to build on that a little bit? Yeah, right. So um, financials are worth about eight points. So if you take that out, you're down five, which is not great, but uh, it cert- certainly is a lot better than down 13. Uh, and we've actually seen more upside than normal ex-financials, which is kind of hard to believe because you know, the, the speed of the collapse in economic activity in, in, in mid-March, certainly un, unprecedented. Uh, companies weren't prepared for that. And uh, the, the fact that so many have been able to hit their numbers is, is frankly pretty impressive. And I think Bert brought up a good point about the sector differentiation because, you know, the tech sector is still expected to grow earnings this year uh, based on consensus. Right. We've gotten really good numbers, you know, growth out of, Areas like healthcare, not a surprise, uh, even consumer staples, utilities, real estate. A number of areas have, have actually held up uh, quite well. This was a theme we talked about a few weeks ago when we started a preview earnings season. The winners and the losers, that, that gap is, is really, really big. Uh, good, good points there. Um, huh. You know, it's just... You look at all the different things. I mean, Bert, you know, I, I saw an interview you did over the weekend um, with one of our advisor groups, and I thought it was, it was great. But one of the things that they asked you was kind of one, some of the things you're worried about right now. And I think, like you said, the second wave makes a lot of sense. I mean, you look at some of the data we just saw over the weekend. South Korea virtually had no new cases. And all of a sudden, they started to open up. They're playing baseball, open up some nightclubs, and they had a pretty significant outbreak. I mean, Bert, what are some of the things that do worry you, uh, you know, the next, let's say six months or so? Well, you know, there's a lot. I'm a worrier, as you there know. You <laughs> I'm a worryologist, is like I like to say. Uh, but, but, you know, I would say uh, a couple of things. Number one, at the top of my list is indeed that, right? It is indeed uh, that, that, that element of, uh, of a second wave. Um, you know, there's a couple of other things. There was a really great survey, and I, I tweeted it out earlier from NFIB, and we'll get the Small Business Optimism Index this week, which would be really interesting to see where small businesses are. But they did a um, sort of an inter-month survey, um, and, and what they asked their small business owners uh, about was, what are you concerned about when you go to reopen? Um, and and it was really interesting to see what they put on there. The number one was getting their customers back to actually come back into the store. And, and, and that's understandable. But you go down this increased liability if someone gets sick in my store, stocking up on um, hand sanitizer, stocking up on face masks, uh, new workplace regulations. What I mean by this is I'm a little worried that we think that we're just going to flip the switch. Businesses are going to start up again and, and so forth. And I'm not so sure about that, Ryan. I, I am worried about the pace that it will take for small businesses to start. Don't, I just don't want anyone to be, um, uh, I don't know, too swayed. You know, there's videos over the weekend about, you know, certain restaurants and they look just so jam packed and busy and so forth. And there that's going to be there. But remember, 
um, that's not every business. Um, there is a whole lot of other businesses going to have a hard time just turning the lights back on. And so that's the other thing that, that, that scares me a bit is that um, I'm afraid that a lot of folks are expecting a light switch moment um, and, and we're just not going to get it. Uh, good points. I mentioned this before. My father-in-law owns a restaurant in Cincinnati and up in Ohio, and they have, they've been closed, obviously, doing takeout. But on the 15th, this Friday, they're allowed to open up again. And some things he's been worried about are obviously, could someone sue you, right? If they get COVID-19 in your restaurant, could they sue you? And some of the, some of the things that potentially could come out from there. So it is a, a very murky at best, I think, scenario. So Jeff, we've got like two or three minutes this week's weekly market commentary, we do talk about the potential for a market pullback. Burt just listed some of his concerns. Um, you know, under the surface, purely technically, we're seeing less and less stocks participate in this rally. And then we talked last week about sell and may go away. I was shocked when you think about last year, stocks gained 30%. Yet the biggest sell-off took place in May and June. I mean, some of the biggest corrections we've seen the last couple of years have been in those troublesome summer months. So, Jeff, you know, in about a minute or so, what's something that worries you right here and now for an investor who's happy with the 30% rally, but maybe they should uh, think about, you know, hey, markets don't go up forever? Yeah, well, if we go much higher, valuations are going to become an increasingly uh, concerning market metric. We, uh, you know, we're looking at forward price-to-earnings ratios of 20-plus here. Uh, high historically, once the market gets a better idea of what earnings look like in, let's say, 2021, when things start to get back to normal, you know, investors might just say this is too expensive, uh, and you know, we could could certainly sell off uh, around that. So that that is one worry. There's also the longer term worry about how we unwind the stimulus. That can be a topic for uh, future yep. podcasts, but uh, this is um, certainly. There's the word again, unprecedented amount of stimulus that eventually, long term, we're going to have to unwind. And that can certainly uh, drive volatility as well. Good points, Bert. I'll give you a little bit of time and I'll bring us home. Any final comments from you, Bert? Well, just to pile into what Jeff was talking about in your question, uh, the reality is there was a survey that was out from ISI that asked um, investors about what the, their biggest concern is. Number one, without a doubt, second wave. Number two? valuations. That's what uh, Jeff just talked about. Number three is geopolitical tensions with China. Um, and then everything kind of steps down from there. So there's a lot to be concerned about. I'll tell you the one number that I'm looking at, Ryan, and that is the, the average weeks that, uh, that, that you're unemployed. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, that was in the 17s or so before this. Um, you know, and, and the reality is it was about 40 weeks after the Great Recession. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Uh, what we're hoping for is that that's going to end up staying uh, low uh, because that means that people got unemployed quickly. Uh, that's the bad news. But the good news, hopefully they get their jobs back. That'll be a big number to watch, dude. No, good point. So I'm going to end it with my favorite Jack Bogle story. And there's a lot of them. So Jack Bogle, he had six separate heart attacks. He was scheduled to speak in 1995 at the Morningstar conference. He had his sixth heart attack right before that. Obviously, he did not make it to that conference in Chicago. Then he had a heart transplant after that. And obviously, he lived um, you know, several, you know, several more decades um, after that transplant. But he went back in 1996 to be the keynote speaker. Jack Bogle gets right up on stage, hundreds of people watching. Everyone's anxious because they knew he didn't make it last year. And he said, you know what? I would have come last year, but I had a change of heart. <laughs> 
that's uh, that's my favorite Jack Bogle story. So everybody, thank you for being here this week at the latest LPL Market Signals podcast. Thanks to Bert and to Jeff for joining this week. And we'll be back next week, everybody. Take care. Thank you. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principle. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarded the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC, insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations, and may lose value.